So there's a very real way that what the whole world is going through as we wander through these days of COVID, there's a very real way that this is kind of normal part of missionary life. It really ties in so beautifully with this idea of crossing cultures with the gospel. And you're saying, no, how, how could that possibly be? It's because everything is normal and everything is totally unique. Everything is totally abnormal and it's all at the same time. Let's just kind of unpack that a little bit. Everything is normal in that Jesus' church is still growing. He promised, right? He said, I will build my church and there is absolutely no power that is going to stand against what he's doing. That's normal. He is building his church. We're all eating somehow or another. We're all going, we're gathering for worship. Some people are gathering by telephones and by, by internet. Some people are gathering in smaller groups live, but worship is still going on. That's normal. Uh, schooling is happening. It's not happening the normal way, but it is happening. All of the things that are part of life go on, but not the same way. And that is exactly what, in a lot of ways, my 30-plus years now of working in international missions, that is what I would say is really the essence of, of what missionary work is all about. It's all normal, but it's not normal. It's all the same things that happen, but done in very, very different ways. So our topic today is crossing cultures with the gospel. And we want to tie that idea of crossing cultures with the gospel to the idea that, you know, taking the gospel message and making disciples and teaching other people, that's all normal. What's not normal is that we end up having to adjust how we do that. We end up having to make some changes to, to how we go about uh, the things that normally we're doing, just like we do with the masks or walking into a church through one door and out through another or having our temperatures taken. It's all the normal stuff, but done very, very differently. So when we lived in Mexico for many years, the normal stuff, we all had to eat, we, we all had to sleep at night, we gathered together in groups, we, we learned different ways to open the Bible and worship, we had all kinds of ways of, of traveling from one, kind to a, one place to another, all the normal stuff, but it was all done differently. And that really is what missions work. That's what, I, in, my, in my opinion, that's, uh, to a lot of ways, that's, that's what happens in Christ's kingdom. We, we learn how to not get uh, caught up with how things are done, but let's go back down to the heart and say, so what are the things that have to be done so that everything can be normal, even if everything is different? And there are three metaphors that I would like to share this morning, and these are just very personal uh, reflection. When I think about the Church of the United States as we're going through our various trials right now, when I think about the church around the world and how it's facing uh, something that we've, we don't have any experience with, we've never had a worldwide pandemic in our, in our history, so how do we do that? Well, these three metaphors, I hope, will be an encouragement, but also just a little bit of a, of, a, of a doorway for us to think about what does it mean when everything is normal and everything is, is different at the same time. The first of these three metaphors is roots. Uh, if you'd like, I'm going to be flipping around a lot of different passages, but I'm going to start in Ephesians chapter 3, uh, a prayer that Paul prays. 
uh, as he's looking at the church as it's growing, as he's coming before the Father in verse 14, chapter 3, verse 14, for this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. There's a fantastic word right in the middle of that. There are lots of fantastic words right in the middle of that. But that you being rooted and grounded in love. And if you want to know how to move around in a world that really just requires flexibility, requires kind of a, the ability to shift things around, everything is still the same, but we've got to do it differently. Metaphor number one, rooted. And in this case, rooted in love keeping our, our focus, keeping our, our, our roots firm in that love to God, in that love to one another, thinking in terms of those things that are going to express uh, real love in, in his church and real love with our God himself. Um, when I think about that word rooted, it, it brings to mind Psalm 1, for instance, like a tree firmly planted by streams of water. It's amazing to me, uh, if you look at trees, I've, I've actually started collecting pictures and images of trees. It's become kind of a metaphor for me that I, I use a lot. And one of the reasons is because the roots of the trees are often somewhere about 50% to, to 75% of the whole mass of that tree. So if you look at a tree, you're only seeing about three quarters of it a quarter of it or more is hidden from sight. It's underground. It's, it's not there. But that's the part that's nu giving nutrition to the tree, that's sustaining the tree. When the winds blow, that's the part that holds it firm. It's those roots that allow us to be stable, to have that, that peace that passes understanding. Roots that say, you know, yeah, everything is changing, but my God hasn't changed. He's the same, and I can walk with him. And my roots, just keeping an eye on those, those basics of the Christian life and saying being rooted in love is just such an important part of being able to go through the ups and downs and changes of life. Colossians chapter 2 uses that same word. Uh, I'll, I'll read verses 6 and 7. Again, Paul writing, he says, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, having been, ha having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith. So if I were to say the, the first metaphor, the first truth that allows us to cross cultures with the gospel, it's that we ourselves, not only individually, but collectively in our, in our churches, in our neighborhoods, in our mission organizations, uh, whatever the small group is that we're a part of, being rooted, rooted first and foremost in, in, in faith in Colossians, being rooted in love in Ephesians, having roots that go down deep into the gospel, knowing who we are, knowing our identity in Christ, knowing that it's him that's working through us. It's going to be that nutrition and that, that, that uh, stability that comes from roots that go down deep into him that allow us to face the, the ups and downs, the cha challenges of life. 
So metaphor number one is this idea of being rooted. Um, metaphor number two, if you want to hear a, uh, uh, this, is, this is really pushing it, I know, but metaphor number one is roots. Metaphor number two is going to be boots. Okay, actually metaphor number three is shoots. So you can, uh, you can take this as uh, definitely a, a homiletic kind of an outline, uh, whether or not it's uh, the, the, the deepest exegesis, yeah, I'll give you that one. But, uh, but it is definitely my own personal story, having roots that go down deep into love and faith and not losing that, and then moving into the idea of boots, we're supposed to be going. We are a people who are supposed to cross the street, and we are supposed to cross the, the yard. We are supposed to be a part of crossing cultures with the gospel. But let me give us a couple of joyful passages just to, to look at. Uh, Revelation chapter 5, verse 9. Um, I, I just kind of never get tired of looking at this verse. Worthy art thou to take the book and to break its seals, for thou wast slain, and did purchase for God with thy blood men from every tribe and tongue and people and nation. And you have made them to be a kingdom and priests to our God, and they will reign upon the earth. Every tribe, every tongue, every nation, every people that is a promise, and Jesus is building his church. Matthew 16, that amazing promise when he said, I will build my church. And so as we think about the importance that we have of taking the message and of, of being those people who say, you know, in my going, as I'm part of living out my Christian life, as I put down my roots and stay stable and strong in, in the things of the Lord, at the same time, I am going to believe his promise, and I'm going to live in accordance with that promise. I am going to know that he will build his church, and absolutely nothing and no one can stand in his way. And I am going to believe that when this is all said and done, every tribe, every tongue, every people, every nation are going to have their representatives around the throne. I don't know about you, but I, it just gets exciting. You know, it just gets exciting. We're a part of that picture. We're not the only part of it. Jesus is the one who's saying this. This is, this is his promises to us. He's going to make it happen. I, uh, one of our key theme verses at Culture Bound is, uh, comes out of Acts chapter 16. And it's just a little verse in verse 14. Uh, Paul had the Macedonian call, and he, he makes the trip. He and his, his missionary colleagues and they get into Macedonia and finally find themselves in the city of Philippi, and they meet this, uh, this woman named Lydia. And Lydia is a businesswoman, a seller of purple, and Lydia starts listening to the things shared by Paul, and this verse 14 says, and the Lord opened Lydia's hearts to the things shared by Paul. Paul had to be there. Paul had to open his mouth. Paul had to share truth, and the Lord had to open her heart. And somehow or another, that's how this all works out. Every tribe and tongue and nation and people are going to hear the gospel, and we're going to be able to rejoice together when we see that happening. But as every tribe and tongue and people, nation, are a part of hearing the gospel and entering into that, that kingdom that we're seeing, that we're talking about, 
we're a part of that picture. We're sharing with somebody. We're talking to a, a neighbor that maybe is living here and is going back home. We were, uh, Karen and I, uh, last week, were talking to teachers at, a, at an international school in Maryland. And these teachers have nine months with students from all over the world, many of them coming in not as believers, and through the course of time and their interactions with the teachers and the faculty and the staff, they walk away at least hearing the gospel. And many of them come to Christ, and then they go back to their nations. So how does this happen? Sometimes by a missionary that's sent, sometimes by a missionary from another land that's sent. There are Egyptian missionaries working around the world. There are Peruvian missionaries working around the world. There are, uh, just name a nation that has, has Christians in it, and I can almost guarantee that they are deliberately sending their people. But I will also tell you that sometimes it's because somebody's business flies them to another place or brings somebody in from outside. And along the way, there's a conversation. And along the way, there's a moment of saying, hey, I'd like to tell you about who, who my God is. I'd like to share just a word about, uh, about my faith. Or they just look and say, wow, you live your life so differently. There's something, there's something different about you. So going is not necessarily joining a mission agency. I'm all in favor of that, if that's how the Lord is leading. But that's not the only way that God is propelling his nation, his word to the nations. As a matter of fact, if you'd like to look at another verse right now with me, Acts 1.8 is kind of growing as one of the places that I go to frequently when I'm trying to uh, explain what missions is all about. Matthew 28, some of the very last words before the cross, uh, as, as the, I'm sorry, that's not right. Uh, some of the very last words that, uh, that we have of, uh, from, from Matthew, he is giving us the great commission and telling us to go into all the world. Very active, isn't it? It's very do, go, go do this thing. Acts 1.8 puts the, the focus a little bit more on what we should be. Acts 1.8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria, and even to the remotest part of the earth. So do something, yes, of course. We, we should go and do. But it starts by going and being. Be a witness. And that can happen through what I'm doing now through some kind of formal preaching or teaching, it can also happen just simply by an act of kindness. It can, it can happen and be a witness uh, by, by just noticing that a, a coworker at, at, at work is, is going through a hard time and saying, you know, I do this, and people say, so why, where does that come from? And you just being open about, well, Jesus has made a difference in my life, and, and I try and live that out. It's that being a witness piece, and actually I'm, I'm stealing very much from some Chinese colleagues and friends that, that challenged me on why do we always want to put our activities out there? Why don't we ever start with just simply being? And I thought, wow, that's, that's a good point. So my Chinese friends say, why don't you start with be a witness and then move into the idea of go to all the worlds and preach the gospel? They're both important. I'm not, I'm not going to argue that one is a priority or the other, but sometimes we can get so busy being active that we stop thinking just, can I be a witness? Can I be a witness 
as I'm walking through the grocery store? Can I be a witness as I'm, as I'm living life in my community or as I'm traveling somewhere? And the answer is yes, of course, uh, whether in our cultural, uh, our corporate cultures, whether in our national cultures, uh, across language barriers, be a witness. Live out the truths of Jesus, just simply giving him credit for what he's been doing in our lives. And a lot of that picture is what I have in mind with the idea of boots. So yes, we go. But it's, it's not a going that, that starts just with uh, activity. It's a going that starts by saying, you know those roots that knowing who God is tied to him with love and with faith? Well, that takes on a public side of it. That takes on something that people get to see as we go about being witnesses and just simply saying, this is who I am. This is the life that I have because of who God is as he works in me. And it's that being a witness that is a, uh, a strong element in this second part, in my, my second metaphor. One thing that I did want to mention again in, in uh, Acts 1.8 is that even that idea of being a witness isn't just us. You will be, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses. This is part of God's spirit at work in and through us. Uh, yes, by all means, let's have our plans. I've, you know, I, I've got my strategic plans. I can tell you, you know, what's the theme for next year. I, I try and think about those things. I try and hold them kind of flexibly, fe, uh, flexibly because, uh, you know, sometimes things don't work out the way you thought. We didn't anticipate. I didn't put uh, COVID uh, <laughs> possible response into my planning a year ago. You know, it just wasn't part of our contingency plans. But uh, I'm all in favor of planning. But start with that idea of as the power of the Holy Spirit is working in and through us in whatever the circumstances are, uh, let's make being witnesses of his part of, of who we are. So as we look at our life in these days as, as what it means to be a missionary, but also just what it means to live and serve in the day and age that we're in, well, there's roots, being stable ourselves. There's boots, having that idea that we're a part of going. And then the last idea is shoots, growing things, little plants, okay? Little plants that are growing and putting out new, new life. Uh, the house where we are blessed to live in, uh, in Portland, we've got nine Douglas fir trees uh, in our backyard, just magnificent, 150 feet tall kinds of trees. It's not that big of a lot, but the trees are that plentiful in our, in our part of Oregon. But they didn't start off that way. They start off small and they grow, right? And that's really the picture of what Christian life is. If I, uh, just thinking about about where I am in terms of my Christian life. Probably 25, 30 years ago, I would have said, oh, you know, by the time you're in your young 60s, you got it all figured out. Nope, I was wrong. You know, you, you say, I've, I've got it down to some stable habits, and it's all, it's all just, it, that was so not true. There's continual growth. There's continual need to grow. And if I was going to, uh, to have one prayer of blessing uh, that I will pray for this church, it's in 2 Peter, chapter 3.18. 
but grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. That idea of growing and growing and growing and roots that go down deep into love and faith in Christ, that Psalm 1 picture of become like a, a tree that's planted by the streams of waters that yields its fruit in its season, it leaf, its leaf does not wither, and in whatever he does, he prospers. Those, those roots go down and growth happens. And as we run into circumstances that we just say, I, I have no idea what to do. This is, this is a brand new circumstance. I don't know what to, to do with this. Instead of being frustrated, which I admit that's where I want to go first, first step so often, say, thank you, Lord. This is a moment to grow. This is a moment where, you know, James 1 says, you know, count it all joy when you come into different trials, because those trials are actually going to be the things that God uses to refine and to shape and to allow us to keep growing. It's, it's not to hamper our growth. It's exactly the opposite. It's so that our faith, our love, our understanding, our application of the Bible, our understanding of how to reach our neighbor, all of those things grow, not just because we sort of make up our mind or because of uh, just because, you know, because it's a natural growth. Very often our growth comes in these moments where there is there's a, a real need. There's a frustration. There's a I tried to do it this way and it didn't work. So now what will I do? Well, I'll try it a different way. And uh, I don't know about you with the, the whole COVID thing, but I, we've, you know, in our church, we've said, well, okay, how are we going to face this? And we try one thing, and it mostly works, but not quite, so we refine it. And little by little, we look back and say, look at that, we grew. And it wasn't all pleasant, it wasn't fun, but we grew. And now we're at a better place than we would have been without it. And so that's, that's the prayer here, that as we go about the challenges of entering into a new culture, the growth is not automatic. We, we trust God for it, and we ask him for it. We look back every now and then and celebrate it. We say, you know, that was hard. That was not what we had in mind. Um, honestly, these 12 years in Portland have not been easy years for us. It, they, we've had so many adjustments and ups and downs and things that we thought were going to work out wonderfully, and then they didn't. And through it all, now I can stand at a, at a moment and say, okay, and through that, God was shaping who I am. He was shaping the circumstances. He was giving new ideas. There's been growth. That would be my prayer in your school, in your business, in your church, as we as a nation are, are trying to figure out our way through just a number of different very divisive and frustrating situations that, that, that we're all facing. We, we all know what the newspapers, well, newspapers, what our, what our news feeds have to say. We all understand that. And so what are we going to do? Well, yes, it's hard. And guess what? The net result with perseverance and with faith and knowing that God is at work is to stand back and say at the end, we grew in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So, as you think about what does it mean to take the gospel into cultures that are different than your own, 
whether it's the culture of a neighbor who comes from a different part of the, the world, uh, or even a different part of the United States, because there are cultures that are different. Culture is really about patterns of life. Learning somebody else's patterns that are different than yours, and then saying, now how do I bring the gospel into their patterns? That's what we're all about. We help people to be able to learn those patterns and then be able to, to enter into somebody else's patterns long enough to say, I want Jesus to be a part of your patterns. You don't have to take on my patterns. We want you just to help Jesus, to, to invite Jesus to be a part of your patterns. And that kind of being a witness within the nations around us, that's what I have in mind with these three metaphors of, of roots, to be stable, to be growing, to be nurtured and nourished in the gospel. It's the idea of boots, being a witness to the nations around us, learning their patterns enough so that we can say, I want you to know Jesus. He's made a huge difference in my life. You don't have to be like me, but you have to bring Jesus into your patterns. And then shoots, continuing to grow through all the ups and downs and trials and moments of joy and moments of frustration. I would like to just take a minute and pray for Grace Chapel again with huge thanks for your role in encouraging us and walking along with us. Uh, we feel it's such a privilege to be just an extension of, uh, of Grace Chapel and the GO team and all the, the work that is being done around here and for us to be a part of, <laughs> of being the boots that are taking that to other parts of the world is a huge privilege. So let's pray together, can we? Our Lord, our Father, our God, thank you so much that you are building your church and that in the midst of so much that just doesn't make sense to us, we can hang on tight to you. We can put our roots down deep into your truths. Lord, we absolutely know without a shadow of a doubt that your promises are true, that you are going to keep every single one of them. We know without, without any doubt that the power of the blood of Jesus Christ to forgive sins, to bring people into a kingdom that has no end, we, we trust that with all of our lives, with all of our hearts. And Lord, we want to be stable through these days of insecurity and uncertainty. We want to be known as people who are simply walking in faith and in love with our roots deep into your truths. We want to be people that make that truth known, uh, Lord, that, that are willing to go across the street or across the world and let other people also witness and, and experience and come to know the glory of our Father. And so would you give us those boots, Lord? Would you give us that, that joy of seeing where we can be a witness, where we can, by all means, testify and, and share truth, but living it out, and as we're living it out, being very clear in our expressions of it, but knowing that it's your power that's, that's at work in us and through us, knowing that, yes, we have to open our mouths, but you're going to open other people's hearts. And then as we're going about that work of, of, of going to the nations, of, of taking your truths <clears throat> and that stability that we have in you, and making that apparent and visible and, and, and something that other, other cultures and other patterns of life can see. 
Would you allow us, Lord, the joy of continuing to grow in you, of seeing with new depth and new maturity, new, new eyes, uh, just how great you are and how gracious you are, and being able to share a story that's not only powerful, but that is affecting us newly every morning. So, Lord, we thank you that we can be a part of your church, of seeing your promises fulfilled. And I pray, Lord, that that grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, would be the real experience at Grace Chapel. Thank you so much for the partnership in the gospel that we can share and that as co-laborers together, we can uh, just rest in your promises and see them fulfilled in you. Thank you through the name of our Savior. Amen.